This week on The Xander Effect, I interview Chef Sean and talk about his past, present, and future. I also feature his brand new hit song called No Name featuring Saya. And in sports, actor Jeremy Miller gives us a little insight on what to do on the dreaded Week 10 bye week. All this and more coming up right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Thanks for uh, being on my 10th episode. Looking forward to reporting some more entertainment, sports, and video games to you, starting with entertainment news. In this week's entertainment news, Jeff Goldblum gets backlash uh, from social media after defending, well, not really defending, but saying that he would like to work with Woody Allen again. The 67-year-old went on basically saying that you know, well, because him and Woody Allen are actually really good friends, and he's looking at it from you're innocent until proven guilty. So why wouldn't I work with this person unless, unless I uh, found out otherwise or found out more information about what's going on? So, but social media is pretty much saying, why would you defend this person? Obviously, you've heard the allegations and you know his past. So why would you, you know, want to work with him? Now, if you're not familiar with what's going on, um, Woody Allen's ex-wife's uh, uh, daughter, uh, Dylan Farrow, who is the daughter of Mia Farrow and and former stepdaughter of Woody Allen uh is accusing or, or accused Woody Allen back in 2014 of molesting her uh she accused him in a letter to the New York Times in saying that basically you know uh, babysitters were not allowed to leave Woody Allen alone uh with the kids Gee, I wonder why um, there's there's uh, those allegations. And this all came forth after, um, you know, because of the hashtag me Too movement. And Woody Allen is pretty much saying he should be the poster child for this for this movement. Uh, although Dylan is is, you know, arguing the fact that no, no, you shouldn't because you pretty much molested me. Now, all of these are allegations. Nobody there's no real proof that any of this happened. Um, and there were no police reports that were filed. But judging by Woody's track record, it still raises an eyebrow because as you may as you may or may not know, Woody Allen um, had an affair with Mia Farrow's uh, adopted daughter, Sunyi Preven. And they had an affair that broke up that ma- that marriage between Mia and Woody. And in 1997, Soon Yi married Wo- Woody. So you know, they Woody Allen knew like pretty much um, helped raise Soon Yi since a little girl. Um, 
you know, it's it. Many people are saying that he was attracted to her when she was 11 years old, and uh, they didn't have any type of uh, you know sexual intercourse or anything like that until she was old enough, 18 years old. She was in college. Mia found uh, naked pictures of Soon Yi in Woody Allen's desk, so that's what prompted the uh, the breakup between Mia and Woody. But who knows what happened? These are all. This is all hearsay. And uh, but judging from that situation, Dylan Farrow's accusations have slight merit to it. So, you know, it's possible that maybe she might have opened a Pandora's box that could possibly uh, prompt an investigation to, to these allegations. Who knows? But right now, for as it stands, uh, Jeff Goldblum is getting backlash for this. But uh, he's not the only A-list celebrity that is defending Woody Allen. Uh, you have Scarlett Johansson that's also defending uh, Woody Allen, saying that, you know, basically she would go ahead and work with, with Woody as well again. So, I mean, maybe as a, as a, as a, as a director, you know, working you know, like a, as somebody to work with or work for, uh, Woody Allen may be showing a different side. Who knows? But so far, you know, uh, it seems that there are people that are defending him that are saying that he, you know, they don't see this type of person out of Woody Allen. So we'll see what happens in the future. We'll see if the, the any criminal charges are pressed against Woody Allen. It's there's still, you know, it's still yet to be seen in other entertainment news, world famous medium or actually world famous astrologist and psychic Walter Mercado passed away in San Juan, Puerto Rico uh, last Saturday at the age of 87 due to renal failure. Uh, Walter Mercado, real name Shanti Ananda, uh, basically started his career as a dancer and went on to be an actor in telenovelas, which is Spanish soap operas. Uh, but then he went to school, studied, uh, you know, astrology, and he always felt that he had uh, a spiritual gift. So he decided to embrace that spiritual gift and become, you know, a world famous astrologist. And he would start off with little tiny um, segments and local TV stations and things like that. And later on, his popularity grew to the point that he would get bigger uh, segments and bigger uh, news networks. Uh, eventually, he had a segment, a weekly segment on a very popular news channel called First Impact. In Spanish, it's called Primer Impacto. And he would go ahead and do his segments on there, which, um, you know, they were, uh, they were pretty interesting segments. He would talk about each zodiac sign, what they would uh, expect for that day, that month, you know, that year. Uh, so it was very interesting to say and to watch. And um, he will be missed. He he had a coined uh, uh, phrase that he would say, uh, you know, kind of like a like a goodbye to everybody. Which we say he would say, "I wish for all of you peace, much peace, and." Overall, much, 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 much love. In Spanish translated, it, you know, he would say, Y que reciban de mi paz siempre mucha paz y sobre todo mucho, 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 mucho amor. So, Walter Mercado, rest in peace. My condolences to his family. In other news, in other entertainment news, the Mayans MC season finale. Man, talk about a season finale. Now, 
If you haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert, because I'm about to tell you what happened. At the end of the this episode, there is a Sons of Anarchy dead. Um, and Mayans didn't kill him. Mayans, uh, they had a rivalry against uh, um, uh, another rival MC, a Mexican rival MC that pretty much uh, killed one of their MC members and uh, damn near crippled Coco, uh, Coco's eye. He's one of the other MC members who used to be a sniper. Uh, obviously, snipers, they need their eyes to go ahead and see, you know, their vi- their targets. So this really damaged Coco. And who knows if the damage is permanent or or, 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 or not. It's still it's still to be seen in following in maybe in this next season that's coming up. And um, there's a lot of things that a lot of things that happened. Uh, the kingpins, the drug lord, the mobster guy, uh, his his mother. Uh, was the one that killed Angel and Easy's mother. Um, so Easy took it upon himself. She she decided, you know what, a mother for a mother, take retribution on me. So Easy did. He choked her to death, killed her, and they burned her. But um, she made it seem like a suicide because she sent suicide letters to so many people, and uh, they're they're thinking it's a suicide. However, El Padrino. Uh, who is now working for for the kingpin? Noticed tracks, noticed motorcycle tracks, uh, you know, bike tracks uh, in the dirt road when they found the body. But he wiped them off. Chances are, who knows who he's gonna side with? Is he gonna side with his old MC brothers, or is he gonna side, or or is his loyalty to the 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 kingpin? Uh, you know, strong enough to go ahead and let him know, hey, this is an MC that did this job. We don't know. We'll find out next season. Another uh, other questions that were still left behind is basically Angel's uh, kid was born and Agent Potter has his child in a detention center using him as pretty much ransom for to get information from Adelita. Now, what happens here is that uh, Potter was trying to get information from Angel and Easy, but Angel and Easy turned the tables on him, showing him proof that, hey, we know that you had an affair with uh, with a young lady in Mexico. And having an affair with a young lady with a witness would damage your case and ruin your career. They showed him pictures. Potter didn't know what else to say. He wanted to kill him, but he got screwed on that one. So we'll see what kind of what kind of retribution Potter's going to do against the brothers and against the MC. For right now, there's a lot of questions that were left behind on the cliffhanger as all cliffhangers go. So we'll have to see next season to see exactly what happens in the Mayans MC. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview uh, famous rapper Chef Sean on my show and uh, you know, we will be featuring his music video, but before that, let's check out the interview. So I'm being joined here uh, with uh, Chef Sean. Chef, how are you doing today? I'm all good. What up, Xander? Another day in paradise, man. You know how it goes. It's a little bit warm out today, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. But you're in a nice, you know, I like... Just, I, I just got back from Chicago, so I, I'm loving the weather right now where I'm at. <laughs> Another Chicagoan, man. I actually just got done watching uh, SNL, and I saw uh, Chance the Rapper was hosting. Oh, yeah. Another another guy from Chicago as well. You know, you guys are invading L.A. right now. You guys are invading the entertainment industry. Yeah, that's my little cousin. Nice, really. Chance the yeah, Rapper, that's well, awesome, man. He, he seems like a really genuine guy, too, man. 
yeah. You guys gonna be doing any collaboration anytime soon? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, we'll keep that one under wraps for right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit, man. You know, because because um, you know, people are you know, you're starting to make a big buzz in the industry and everything, and, and people are starting to like take notice to you and everything. I, I just want to know. I mean, you've been around for a long time. You've been around for a long time, but you've been kind of like undercover for a long time. You know, and you're starting to like actually get yourself out there. Did you start in hip hop or did you start in in television and movies and stuff like that? Because because I see here that you were in a few uh, a few uh, a few movies and and TV and stuff. Yeah, I started in TV and then um, that that went to film. You know, I was in um, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey did a project. It was called There Are No Children Here, mm-hmm. um, and that was probably my first project. Then I did Missing Persons. Then after Missing Persons, I did Jason's Lyric. Oh, wow. So Jason, Jason's Lyric was a motion picture, and I was actually Jason in the movie. So, Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it kind of it pumped me up. I was little Jay, young Jason. I, You know, I got to work with Forrest Whitaker. And, you know, I worked I, I work with everybody offset, but on set, I got to work with Forrest. So and that, was, that was such a great learning experience. It was great. It must have been an honor because Forrest Whitaker is an amazing actor. You know, I've yeah. seen him in, in so many uh, television shows and movies. I mean, I, I it's funny because um, when he first started doing television or when he fir- first got like into the television uh, genre and he got he was on the show The Shield. Every time I saw him, it reminded me of the of the evil father from Jason's lyric. I couldn't get yeah. that image out of my head. You know? Yeah, mad so, dog. Mad yeah, dog. Yeah, man. So I was like. I was like, man, he's an amazing actor, but I bet working next to him, that must have been a great experience. Yeah, you know, well, he's a method actor, so um, I, I got to learn a lot about method acting uh, at that particular time because that, the whole time I knew him or was on set working with him, he was actually Mad Dog, like on and off the set. He stayed Mad Dog the whole time. So wow. that was that was crazy to see. Yeah, yeah it was wow. dope. So you went, so you transitioned or actually you're doing kind of like a side-by-side thing. You're doing both uh, acting and still uh, being like a hip hop artist. Uh, I heard, I also uh, know that you were in, you're in trap as well. Well, yeah, the trap rock. Trap rap. Yeah. You're like into that. You're like doing that kind of genre as well. Well, I I was doing it. I was doing that a few years, uh, a few years back. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been really focusing just on uh, my my music and uh, hip hop uh, mainly, but it's been doing pretty good, you know, and it's been elevating, you know. Each year, I've been leveling up a little bit, so I'm trying to bust out kind of kind of tough, man. You know what I'm saying? This this record I got right now with uh, Saya, mm-hmm. no name record, is uh, pretty much just it's doing what it's supposed to be doing right now. I say that. And well, I'm, you know, well, we'll get we'll get we'll get into that one in a second. I wanted to talk a little bit more about how you transitioned, uh, or did you always want to be a hip hop artist? I mean, or did you want to like what exactly like where did you want to go? I mean, obviously you wanted to be in the entertainment industry, but how did you transition from uh, actor to a hip hop artist to the stuff that you're doing right now? Um, well, I, I could say I, you know, it was a point where acting I wasn't getting. Uh, the auditions like I really needed to be getting them, you know. Um, so 
in that in that period of time where I'm trying to get work, I was actually trying to find some work my damn self. You know, I ended up hit I hit the street a little heavy, you know, at a, at a particular time in my life. So that kind of like put a put a, a a real stifle on my on, on my acting, you know. And then uh, I just was making a few dollars here and there, and that kind of led to other things. I made a few more dollars, you know, but uh, everything just kind of, it, it circled around what I was doing at the time. And, and I was in a real like hip hop environment. I was in a trap, you know what I'm saying? So um, writing, writing music, was I was writing in my head all day, you know, and things that I would see around me, you know, I would take mental note and, you know, songs and, you know, just different experiences that happened throughout that period of time, you know, it, it catered to the music, you know. Now, when you're acting, you get to be another person. You get to act and be Correct. whoever you, the, the script calls for you to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, with my music, it's like I can be myself, you know, and I can, I can speak my truth. And that's the one thing I love about music is speaking my truth. So um, that's really how the transition happened. And were, was all of this stuff that was going on in your life, the transition and everything, was that happening here in LA or was this taking place in Chicago? Oh, uh, this was all in Chicago. Oh, okay. How did you make your, your move to LA? Um, I ended up um, kind of focusing in on what was most important and I cut all that bullshit out. No, I'm sorry. No, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's like it's 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 an okay show to say that. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I cut a lot of that BS that was going on in my life out, and um, kind of just focused around my music and entertainment. And I ended up getting a job uh, as a um, I was a cop. My name was Mike Hung in this uh, in this script. You know, I caught the lead role for the script. It was called Teeth and Blood. Mm -hmm. So it was f being filmed out in L.A. So I flew out to L.A. and I did the movie. And uh, I actually got did that movie with Al Franklin. You know, oh, wow. Al kind of, yeah, he, he uh, helped write it and uh, he directed the whole thing, put the whole thing together with him and Rob Starr and a few other people. But, um, yeah, it was a vampire movie. <laughs> it was crazy, you know, but uh, it allowed me to actually – realized like damn entertainment is what i really want to be doing so mm -hmm. i after i did that movie i took some of the money that i made from it and i, I moved to california wow so you've been so like like and you just stayed here ever since like after that yeah i stayed here in california i started uh, like you know as soon as i got out here i kind of got into club promoting and oh man i know about that <laughs> yeah i got got into a lot of different other things and that's how i stumbled into uh, the the rock the trap rock group uh blaze chef mm -hmm. sean and blaze mm -hmm. you know that that just happened being out here in california and i you know i got to do a lot of performances with them i got to really hit the stage with them and i can actually say it really benefited. Uh, I really benefited from from the whole experience with Blaze. You know what I'm saying? Because it it built my stage performance up. It built my you know my psyche up as far as this entertainment business. And I kind of just been going since, man. I, the pen been working lately, man. So everything I've been putting out, you know, I wish I 
I wish I could put out more music, you know, at a faster pace. You know, it's Tell all me up about to it. The, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to keep dropping. So I mean, I'm a I'm a writer too. I mean, by by both uh, profession because I got my degree in journalism, so I'm a writer just by profession, and I'm also a writer just by because I've been a writer since I was since I was very young. You know, I used to get um, I used to get. Uh, uh, do writing competitions at my elementary school and I used to win always like third place, things like that all the time. So yeah. I know about writing. I'm a, I'm a script writer. So I'm a writer. Like, like you right. said, you know, when the wheels start turning, you just can't stop. You just have to yeah, keep going and keep going. <laughs> you can't stop it. You know, so, you can't stop it. But so like fast forward a little bit more and you ended up getting, uh, you ended up getting number four on the billboard charts for uh, hot single sales. Oh uh, yeah, with um, with the uh, Surf Shine and Blaze. Mhm. So that was so that was your first that was your first top uh top charted uh song or were there were there more before or have there been more after that have been um, in the billboards? That was the first one. I, I hit Billboard um before, but that was a, that was back when I had just started. I was like a I was a baby. <laughs> But uh yeah, that was that was the beginning of the the launch of okay, Chef Sean's coming back, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh well we, we we just kept pushing, we just kept pushing and pushing. I don't know, I, I think me and Blaze we might get back together for like a reunion show. That'd <laughs> if be we great. Do, if we do, I'll let you know about it. I'm 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 more all for it, and I'd love to be there to go ahead and interview both of you live uh, when you guys decide to do a reunion show. Um, yeah. But as far as your latest album that just came out, you were talking to, to me about it a little bit. Yeah. I uh, I saw the music video, and whoo! I had to turn on the air conditioner for that one. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> I got a little hot in here, man. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you had a lot of very beautiful women there, and uh, from what I can tell, it almost seems like the music video was about that. You know, you you were like, you know, you were like a playboy. You know, loved a lot of women, but then you found one, and you kind of just you know want to get to know her, even though you still want to play the field. I mean, am I wrong? Is that kind of the feel of the video that it was? Yeah, you know, I, the the whole video, you you nailed it. But it, the whole thing was the lady that I I was kind of feeling. And, you know, we we were still on a no name basis. Yeah, you know, so you didn't know her name. That's why I kept on saying I don't even know your name. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was kind of feeling the, you know, and our our interaction together, you know, it was it was pretty intimate, you know. So uh, the whole thing was, well, should I get to know your name? You know, <laughs> don't want to go that route and get locked down. <laughs> Okay, to find out your name, everything might change. So, yeah. you know, we might as well just kind of keep it going the way it is, you know. Still don't, don't matter of fact, don't tell me your name. I'm gonna tell you mine. You know we'll keep it on a no-name basis for now. We'll keep it on a no-name basis for now. Okay. That's cool and though. Then, That's and so- then if I if I wanna if I wanna like get her attention or something, I say, hey babe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, <laughs> what are you I'm doing about the name and shit later? <laughs> well, and and the, and the and the young woman, the beautiful woman that you're that you're that that's uh, opposite to you in the video. That's Saya, and she was from uh, the Oxygen Channel's uh, Sisterhood of Hip Hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did how did both of you connect for this video? 
But you know, science that's been like, you know, my little sister uh for for a while now. Since I moved out to California, me and Sai have been kinda like this. So and you know, she's been doing her music. You know, but she she's a she's a hip hop artist as well. You know, mm-hmm. she's not really an R and B artist, so she did a great uh, job in the video though. She has a great voice. I, I mean her voice is amazing and I, I knew it. That's why I, I knew the call on her that day. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that we're talking about it because she did such a great job and then you know the song is doing you know pretty well right now you know um we got a remix that just that just uh kind of came out the sky you know what i'm saying got a call and blah 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 now we got jeremiah on the remix so wow so you're gonna so obviously you know and that was gonna be my follow-up question will you be doing more uh more more uh tracks with her is this gonna be on this album or is it gonna be on the next album i mean what do you what are your plans with uh saya at this point oh well you know however it works out i got i got other songs with saya already you know that are unreleased that i could put out at any moment you know so, what i'm saying so me, me and saya gonna keep working together that's awesome. Well, so besides Saya, what other artists are you are you thinking about working with? Are you uh, or maybe like a, a dream wish or a wish a dream wish list type of thing that you'd like to work with artists that you'd like to work with in the future? Well, like I said, I don't know if you heard me, but uh, I got Jeremiah on the remix for mm-hmm. the No Name, mm-hmm. so that's the first. Um, I like to do a song with Young Thug. You know, uh, Young Thug. His music is is dope. Um, who else? You say a dream, a dream song, though. Like a wish list type of thing of the type of artists that you'd love to, like, you know, uh, work with, you know, that are pretty much, you know, like it's the top of the top right there. Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh, interesting. Yeah, me and Rihanna. Rihanna. I love, I would love to do a, a, a record with Rihanna, you know, um, I know it's kind of crazy to say this after Rihanna, but yeah, Rihanna, Chris Brown, you know, those that is that, is that is that is a, that is a crazy uh, transition from one to the other right there. I know, right? <laughs> but those, those are those are two big names, though. Those are two big artists, two big names, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah. hey, the way you're going, that that could actually happen. And but besides, but besides that, I mean, you're, obviously you're focusing on your hip hop right now. Are you still doing acting though? Of course. You're still acting. Are you going to be in anything big anytime soon, or? Um, I, I got some things in the works. You know, I I let them I let them pan out. Before, keep it keep know, it I, as vague as possible. I get it. <laughs> yeah, right right now right now until 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 I start filming. When I start filming, you'll see it on my Instagram. On you, <laughs> Chef Sean. Thank you so much for being on uh, my show, The Xander Effect. I wish you so much luck, and I hope. I get to talk to you again because I'd like to see some yeah. more follow-ups and check out some of your uh, concerts and, you know, take it from there. Okay, man, definitely, man. I, I make sure you get invites to every one of them, all right? I appreciate that, Chef. Talk to you and soon. I appreciate you having me too, man. Love. All right, talk to you. Xander, all right. Thank you so much, Chef Sean, for being on The Xander Effect. Looking forward to more of your music and looking forward to another interview in the near future. In sports! UFC 244 left a bitter taste on a lot of fans' mouths uh, after a third-round doctor stoppage between the Nate Diaz and the Jorge Masvidal fight. Um, 
the the stoppage came after the doctor had seen uh, Diaz's face. He had a cut on his upper uh, right eye and on his cheek. And the doctor pretty much went up to the referee and said, stop the fight. He cannot fight any longer. His eyes practically, you know, coming out. Uh, the stoppage was met with a lot of boos uh, against the doctor and Masvidal. And it wasn't Masvidal's fault. He just did his job. You know, he fought. And uh, because of that stoppage, uh, Masvidal became the BMF uh, title champion. Uh, Even Dana White stood up in his seat when he heard the decision, and he was very upset about it. But later on in the post-press conference, he had said that he had seen uh, Diaz's eye, and he, you know, he kind of uh, agreed. He agreed with the doctor's stoppage. At first, he didn't see it. He saw. He thought, you know, I'd seen worse cuts in other uh, in other fighters, and there was never a stoppage. But after actually, you know, seeing Nate, you know, face to face, he's like, yeah, he kind of needed it. Both fighters want a rematch, but uh, White says that that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Um, so we'll see what happens for right now. Uh, White said, you know, in the conference that Diaz is going to go ahead and get plastic surgery done for the damage done to his face. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after that. However, a former UFC fighter and former light heavyweight champion and Hall of Famer, uh, was very outspoken about the BMF title. Former champion Ken Shamrock. Uh, you know, uh, was on the was on the Ariel Hawani uh, podcast on ESPN, and he was very vocal about you know the PMF title, pretty much laughing about it. And he says, "You guys are wearing four ounce gloves, and you fight one time a night every six months a year." Um, you know, Shamrock is referencing to the fact that you know when he was in the UFC. Now, mind you. Uh, Shamrock comes from an era where the UFC was banned in the majority of the United States, except for like maybe two states. And, um, you know, this was a time where it was all bare knuckle, you know, fighting. There were no rules. Uh, there was no training camps. There was no training for this type of thing. Uh, so they went all out when they got into that octagon. It was, you know, pretty much killer be killed. Um, and uh, it was a it was a rough time, you know, before you know the the athletic commission stepped in and decided, okay, if you want to go ahead and keep on this, this is a popular game, sport. So let's make a few rules to kind of minimize uh, the the damage done to uh, to these competitors. And uh, you know, Shamrock states how you know they there was no training. The only training they would get, you know, if you could call this training, is picking a fight with somebody in the street, and that's your training. That's the training you got for your next fight. So it was a rough, you know, it was a rough time, you know, for a lot of fighters uh, before the UFC actually started, uh, you know, becoming more organized. But uh, as far as uh, as far as Ken Shamrock is concerned, the BMF title is a joke because these guys have no idea what being a real BMF is all about. In other sports news, the NFL, it's getting hot and heavy. The football football season is uh, during, you know, getting into the halfway marker and fantasy football owners have the dreaded bye week this week uh to talk a little bit more about that i invited over my uh my good friend jeremy miller actor uh jeremy miller to the show to talk a little bit about uh fantasy football and what you what fantasy owners can do during the dreaded bye week 
What's up, everyone? I'm happy to have uh, actor Jeremy Miller here on the show, on the Xander Effect. Jeremy, thanks for uh, joining us here. My pleasure, brother. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Many of you may recognize him as Little Ben Seaver from the television show sitcom Growing Pains. He was also the voice of Linus on the Peanuts Gang. So that's that was a while ago. <laughs> Yeah, many, many moons and a lot of gray hairs ago. Right? <laughs> but we're not here to talk about uh, your acting career. We're here to talk football. And fantasy football, baby. Fantasy football because we're both in the same fantasy league. And this week in particular is hell week for so many fantasy owners. It is the dreaded bye week where you have Denver, Washington, New England, Houston, Jacksonville, and Philadelphia have a bye week this week. How many fantasy owners do you think are pulling their hair right now, scrambling to try to get as many waivers, as many free agents as they can to try to minimize the damage that they're going to receive this week against their opponents. I think it's going to depend on how many people have flexibility right now. You know, if uh, people have a lot of options, they've kept their bench very flexible and deep, then they'll have the ability to move it around. Um, last week was my hell week. Practically <laughs> every star I had was on the bench and somehow my guys still pulled it off, but I had to bite the bullet. I mean, I really did. I, I didn't have enough midline to lower bench talent that I could go, all right, well, I'm going to let this guy go so I can plug someone else in. The available options were not worth it. And I did what a lot of owners are going to have to do this week is just bite the bullet and hope because what do you do? Do you let go of a good solid performer with good upside or one of your solid handcuffs just to pick up someone for one week? You know, it's a tough decision. Some people will do it. A lot of people are going to hang tight and hope they can pull through. That's not to mention also the fact of the matter that you may also have uh, players that are also injured and uh, other players that are out completely. Like my week last week, that was the situation that I had to face last week. I kind of had a little bit of a hell week for me was last week because I had two of my players that had a bye week, two of my running backs that had a bye week. One was uh, actually I had a tight end and a running back that I had a bye week, but the running back that was my that was my um, my on the bench that was my replacement for the running back. See, I played it smart. When we first started drafting, I saw the weeks, I saw the bye weeks, and I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna have a bye week this week. I'm gonna switch him out for this one that week. He's gonna be my bench. But then my bench gets injured, and then I'm <laughs> like, this is you gotta be kidding me. I'm screwed here. You know, like I am handicapped completely. This late in the season, when the buys start coming up, you, you're always going to have injuries. That's why, you know me, I'm always harping on stocking up on your running backs and your receivers early in the draft, because this is going to happen. You're going to end up with people who are benched. You're going to end up with the injuries, and you got to juggle. That's what has been really fun and interesting about this season. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit about this. Just, it's been such a weird season for people performing or not performing up to expectations. This has not been one of those years where you can kind of just sit back and ride your squad. There's been a lot of movement across all the leagues I've been watching, a lot of pickups, a lot of drops. This has really been a lot of management this season, and it's been fun. 
And at this point, I mean, it's seen as that we're, we're entering pretty much the mid-season. This is pretty much mid-season at this point. I mean, it's difficult for any fantasy owner to let go of a good player right now because although, although it's not as crucial, but you want to make it to the playoffs. Because at this point, it's not so much about points, you know, uh, you know uh, without sounding redundant here. It's not about points. It's about making it to the playoffs. And Absolutely. at this point, it's, it's basically, it's, that's the main focus. Because at the end of the day, I'm, right now I'm in second place in our league. I'm in second place. I'm doing really well, but that could all change. Come the oh. playoffs, I could get, it, I could be gone within a few, within one game. We saw the juggling go on just this last week. Our number one and our two all swapped down to like three and four. Yep. You moved up. Someone else moved up. Somehow, miraculously, I'm sitting one spot outside the playoffs. I'm sitting in fifth place. After not drafting my own team, the computer <laughs> drafting three players. That Auto were draft city for you. Oh, my God will never happen again. I will never allow it. Oh, God, if I can only preach to everybody out there, do not let the computer draft your team. Either that, either that or just avoid not having any good Wi-Fi, you know. Find yourself a library nearby, pull over, you know, <laughs> go to a library and just use their Wi-Fi for as long as you can. My own defense, I sacrificed it for a dear friend who was in town, and we had a great time, but, man, is it biting me in the butt now. Oh, yeah. But Again, with all of that, it just shows with enough moves, if you stay on top of the draft, you know, uh, post-draft stuff, if you stay on top of the waiver wires and everything else, you can keep yourself competitive. I'm still one slot outside of the playoffs. Now, if everything plays as it should to percentages, that's not going to last the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my team is, is a little rough. But yeah. But, again, I've made a couple of really good pickups. I let go of a couple of people. Um, unfortunately, last week, I really wanted to pick up Christian Kirk when he was on waivers. I got out-waivered for him. Somebody ahead of me in the priority, uh, you know, picked him up. But there's still good guys that pop up on the waiver wire who are going to have favorable matchups coming up. You just got to keep your eyes open. So for this week, who would you suggest, if they're available on the waiver wire, to go ahead and pick up – for due to this bye week hell that a lot of fantasy football owners are going to be going through this week. This is a really tough one because in most leagues, there's not a lot of talent left just sitting around on the board. Um, if you're struggling or you're in quarterback hell and you got room to maneuver, quarterbacks are actually kind of plentiful this week. Uh, Daniel Jones is available in a lot. He's going to be facing an extremely weak Jets defense. Um, the guy has gotten clobbered. Basically, he's played to expectation uh, almost every game. He gets clobbered by the solid to tough defenses. And when he has a juicy matchup, the guy literally explodes. So, again, it's the Jets. He's got a really weak defensive matchup. He could go off for an easy, you know, 30, 40 points as a quarterback. In our league, they get bonuses. So, for ours, he'll probably hit 50 or 60. Yep. Um God, who else is going to be? Kyler Murray was available in some leagues. Uh, you know, he had that stretch for three, four games where he didn't throw a touchdown. A lot of people gave up on him. I, I kept him on my bench. And now he's got some very juicy matchups this week and next week. Um, but he is available, I think, in about 30% of the leagues, 40% of the leagues. So mm. if he's available, it's a really good play this week going up against Tampa Bay's non-existent pass defense. Mm -hmm. um, although on that note, guys, um, 
Oh man, I was so disappointed. I don't have Kenyon Drake on my team. That was one of those mid-season trades that just improved his fantasy position yeah. a thousandfold. Very you know, the so. guy got traded from a very, very weak offense in Miami to a very ideal, high-powered offense when it's clicking in Arizona. Um, his home run breakaway ability combined with Kyler Murray's pass option stuff is a very dangerous sequence. Don't start him this week if you have other options, though. They're playing Tampa Bay. Tampa has the most ferocious yeah. run defense in the league. They're very um, difficult. So definitely you don't want to play him this week. But, man, if you were lucky enough to have stuck with him in Miami on your team, it is going to pay off the rest of the season for you. So would you would you go ahead and refocus on trying to pick up a running back this week or just pick up whoever the hell you can pick up at this point? This deep in the season, I would pick up whoever helps you the most. Honestly, the pickings usually this late in the season are so slim for running backs. Um, again, you only have one starter, even if you're in a – um, even if you're in a platoon situation, you maybe have two guys who are worth drafting and nobody else. Well, for 30 teams, and not all of them are that great, how are you going to stack a full league? I mean, you're going to have guys injured again. You have one, two, sometimes even three players on by this week. Um, the pickings are awful slim. And also, for, and, all, and also for tight ends. Remember we talked about that this, se this season for tight ends, for some reason people are picking up tight ends like, like they're going out of style. They are. People are shuffling and picking up tight ends. We had a bunch of people in our league keeping two tight ends on roster, yeah. which is really weird. That's um, rare. It's been slim pickings in our league on the tight end. I don't usually worry as much about tight end. If I can't pick up one of the top two or three guys, I don't even worry about it. You can shuffle them in and out through most of the season, um, just finding good matchups. Uh, a lot of people have been doing that in our league, but the pickings have been real slim, you know, because guys have rostered tight ends this season um it's just been an interesting year man it's it's no changed kidding. a lot of the things we usually take for granted in fantasy football so it's uh kind of kept us on our toes this season yeah this season's been like like we talked about this many times how it's been a very weird season I mean, the season started off with two top quarterbacks getting injured I mean you got Ben Roethlisberger you know that got injured and then you got Saints quarterback Drew Brees, when he Drew Brees get injured. I mean, it's like, what the hell is going on? You know, then you have wide receivers getting injured, running back, top wide receivers getting injured, top quarter um, running backs getting injured. This has been an insane season. That's why I still subscribe to the very old school theory of fantasy draft. And that's get, you know, three top quality running backs in your stable in your first five picks. I, I still try and do that. Given it changes, I'm always flexible depending on who's going where and draft strategy. But if you can get three solid top dependable guys early on, then when the pickings get this slim later on, you're usually not struggling so bad. You have a little more firepower to kind of withstand an injury here or there. Because the pickings in wide receiver are always going to be deep. I mean, you've got third receivers on high-powered offenses who are serviceable fantasy receivers. Yep. So the pickings are there. Mid-season, late season, you can still find guys contributing 10, 11, 12 points a week on the waiver wire. you got to keep your eyes open, but they're there. So it's hard to find that kind of contribution this late in the season from the running back position. 
Would you be worried about what about defensive teams at this point? Because obviously with all these teams that have a bye week this week and some fantasy owners that have both teams on their roster, that's going to be a bye. You know, what would you suggest for them? Do you suggest they should maybe drop one of the defense teams and pick up another one? I think this late in the season, it's kind of, you have to do that with, I mean, personally, that's how I would handle it this late in the season. I have had seasons where I have kind of streamed between two top defenses, depending on their matchup. And that can be an effective strategy. But this late in the season, I would probably weigh which one of those two teams have the weaker matchups they'll be facing throughout the rest of the year. I would drop the other one, pick somebody up who's got a favorable matchup this week, and then boot them the following week and pick up a wide receiver or another offensive player that maybe has some boom potential in the next, you know, in the, in the last half of the season. So, and, and at this point, like, which team do you think people should pick up that doesn't have a buy if they're available? That's the thing. Defense changes so much as to who's actually available on a week to week. Um, I have had, I changed out two weeks ago, my defense, I had the Minnesota defense. They did solid for me most of the year, but I had a chance to pick up the P- Pittsburgh defense oh, who, that's a good except one. for this week, going up, they're going up against the Rams, a little tougher matchup. But the rest of the season, they they have some extremely favorable matchups. And I picked them up, and I'm not looking back. I'm not worried about streaming it. I'm not worried about doing anything else. I'm going to ride them. I tend to ride my defenses. Let's talk NFL. Let's talk general in general right now. Switch topics for just a second. It's still early in the season. We see a lot of top teams that are doing phenomenal right now in each one of their divisions. Who do you think is going to make it to the big, big game, the Super Bowl, at this point in the season? Uh, at this point in the season, it's, it's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Um, obviously, San Francisco looks really, really tough. They're undefeated. <laughs> they just they find a way to win. Their defense is playing great. Garoppolo's come along just like you and I have been talking about all mm-hmm. season. Um, he's, I have him he's on my doing, roster, so I'm good with it. <laughs> doing, what, doing what everybody thought he would do, mm-hmm. you know, everybody who'd really been watching when he came over to San Francisco. And if you saw that brief little three-game stint he had before he got injured, you know, the guy looked great in that offense. So, um, like you said, picking up uh, Sanders from uh, from from Denver. Denver was huge for them. It gives them a great possession receiver who's also got speed and can stretch the field um who's worked in that type of offense before it's just they're kind of set up on that side of the ball now you never know when you get into the playoffs freaking tom brady and belichick always seem to find a way to win in the playoffs. pull it off one way or another if anybody is designed to beat new england in the playoffs it would be baltimore in my opinion Mm-hmm. Their defense is ferocious enough and plays a style of defense that can slow them down. They have a top-notch running game with a quarterback who you and I have talked about, Lamar Jackson, who mm-hmm. is just a complete game-changer in that you can't game plan for it. I mean, you really can't. His yeah, ability yeah. to throw the ball has gotten better and better every year he's been in the league. His legs are the deadliest in the league we've seen in a very long time. And you're talking about a guy – who came out and said flat out, I don't want to be a running quarterback. He said, my goal is to not have to run all year. And they said, Lamar, you're leading the league at like nine 
yards a rush or something. And he looked and he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, true. this is a guy yeah. who is trying to better himself as yeah. a true quarterback, and he's getting insane amounts of yards as an afterthought. How do you game plan for that? So if anybody has the tools to do it, I think they're even more suited than Kansas City was last year. Um, you know, I think Kansas City, they, they just had, – They had a good – They had, they a, had good a good run. They had a shot, and they yeah. had a good run, but they weren't designed to beat the Patriots. True. Everything that Baltimore excels in is somewhere that will make the Patriots struggle a bit and will give them fits at times. True. So – that's my opinion. I think you, those two teams coming out of the AFC, we'll have to wait and see. It's hard to bet against Bill and Tom in the playoffs. I would love to. I, I root against them every single year. But <laughs> but it's hard to bet against them. I mean, if, uh, if I was absolutely in a position to have to lay my house on the line, I don't think I would uh, choose to lay it in opposite of them. So... I mean, I would think, in my opinion, I always actually thought, even though I'm, I'm a Packers fan, you know I'm a Packers fan. No. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm a Packers fan. But the thing is, Detroit has a good coach in Matt Patricia. And you would think that somebody that was underneath, you know, uh, under, underneath um, uh, a New England's coach, uh, freaking, Sorry? Belichick. Yeah, under underneath the co uh, coach Belichick, you would think that he would know all the tricks of the trade. You would think that he would know everything, and you would think that he would be a better match against New England, seeing as he knows he knows Belichick. He's studied under him. He was a student, pretty much. He understood everything Belichick had to offer. We've thought that many, many, many a time as we've seen some of his underlings and the people he's coached with play against him, and it never seems to work out that way. The only coach who ever had Belichick's number is Tom Coughlin. Yeah. That's it. I, there's no other coach I've ever seen who could game plan against Belichick like Tom Coughlin. I mean, two times you took Eli Manning, who was a serviceable, if not definitely not incredible quarterback. You took an average defense, and you took an a solid run game and you beat two of the best teams in NFL history. Um, that's the only coach I've ever seen who could get ahead of Belichick. So I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some of these younger coaches coming up. You know, oh, Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur. I mean, he's, he's got, again, it's not me being biased or anything, but Matt LaFleur to come out and start the season three and oh, only one other coach in this history at that age, a young coach, started at 3-0, and and that was Coach Lombardi. Mm -hmm. He was the only other one that ever starred, started a season, his first season 3-0. and That's not saying something. Though, right? Huh? Not biased at all, though, right? Not biased at all, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> but, I mean, it's historical fact, though. It, it is, is a historical is. fact. Absolutely. So you can't, you, can't, you can't, you know, deny the history. I mean, hell, the trophy is called the Lombardi trophy for a reason <laughs> i always say this even if my even if my packers don't make the super bowl even if they don't win the trophy that trophy always belongs to lambeau field <laughs> every day of the week and twice on sunday <laughs> that reminds me us talking about some of the newer generation coming up i am really loving what i'm seeing from our next generation quarterbacks that are coming up mm -hmm. you know this season we've already seen it Breeze is on his way out. Brady is on his way Roethlisberger. out. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. 
Russell Wilson hitting the end yep. of his, you know, str- all of these guys. Philip Rivers is going to be hitting the road soon. Rodgers is getting there too a little Rodgers bit. He wants to get at least long. one more ring yeah. before he leaves, but I but mean, he's got to go too. In the tooth. Yep. That generation of quarterbacks that we've been very privileged to get to watch these last 10, 15 years are all on their way out. And man, do I love the young talent that is coming in. Oh, yeah. I mean, Josh Allen in Buffalo, if that guy gets a little more consistency and a little more calm under pressure, he's going to be phenomenal. We already talked about Lamar Jackson. Yep. Jameis Winston is figuring it out in Tampa Bay. Um, God, what's his name? Uh, Minishu in Jacksonville is, I mean, look what he's been doing with a mediocre, mediocre squad. You got Watson in Houston. You know, you got Watson. I mean, Watson, like I said, Watson. He surprised me. He surprised me and he didn't surprise me at the same time because I, that's why I chose him on my team because I knew that he was going to do well this, this season with Houston, with that Houston offense. And he's, doing, he's done phenomenal this year. Oh, absolutely. And then look at, we got Daniel Jones in New York. We got, these are some really, really solid talents that I'm excited to watch grow for the next few years. And, uh, Fantasy football-wise, man, if you're doing dynasty drafts, you want to have any of these guys on your roster. I mean, look at – and then when we go to the, to the next generation of running backs, look at – again, not being biased, but look at Jones. That kid is a little tiny Mack truck. Um, may, I, may I say, who told you before the season and before the draft that you needed to draft Jones, that he yes. was absolutely going to have a breakout year? Yes, um, you did. Somebody who looked – awful like this right yes. <laughs> you got the awful part right yeah, yeah <laughs> but no i mean well that's the reason why i have you on my show because when it comes to fantasy football you are scary accurate at Thank your you. picks every time i mean last season you talked about patrick mahomes and you said you need to get patrick mahomes this kid is gonna put a stamp this season in the NFL. Sure enough, you picked him up and look where he went. I was in, like in in the 7th round, mind you, too, yeah. which what made it such an incredible pickup for me. You and I talked about that. Even if he had been able to put up the exact same numbers this year, he would never have been worth it at the draft position he was going. He was going to be going before round 3, you know. He's going to be going in the top 3 rounds, guaranteed. I'm even at that insane record-setting pace he was at last year, it's not worth that draft position-wise. But I did the research. I found a guy I really believed in who was not going high enough. And you know that's my strategy every year is find yeah. those little golden nuggets. Yeah, you know how to you, – you, you're able to find – uh, these guys that nobody else looks at because everybody when it comes to draft time everybody looks at the popular ones everybody looks at the ones that put it numbers last season but no one actually ever takes a second to actually study their draft and their picks to say this kid is going to be a force to be reckoned with this season you need to pick this kid up he may not have had uh, that much time last season or he may not have been drafted until this season, but mm-hmm. this kid is going to be somebody that you're going to want on your fantasy roster. Well, I'll tell you, that's one of the things I thought about, and that's why I, he was one of my uh, four picks that I got to make for myself, was Jacobs, the running back in uh, Oakland. Um, this kid has been woefully underused by the coaching staff. 
he is on pace for 1,400 yards and I think 13 or 14 touchdowns, and yet has played less than 60% of the snaps for Oakland. They keep rotating in other backs, even though this kid is dynamic, he's dominating. So those are the kind of guys I try and find. He's already on pace for a top five to eight running back fantasy season. What do you think he could do next year if they actually figure it out and go, no, this kid needs to be number one? Those are the kind of guys I'm going to be looking for each year is those ones in ideal positions who just weren't given the shot. Um, and the truth is, I'm not the only one looking at these guys. I read the other pundits. I read the other, you know, I don't always agree with them, but I do research, you know, I read all different fantasy sites when I'm bored. Plus being an insomniac, I have a little extra research. <laughs> so, but that's just, you know, that's one of the things that's made me pretty successful in fantasy football is just, I do focus on those little hidden gems and, uh, you know, I stick to pretty solid basic draft strategy other than that. It's one of the things that's killing me this year. I, only except got to course, I, I was, I was going to say, except, of course, when you go into auto draft and then you get screwed. <laughs> only got to but draft my first four picks. You get All screwed it, little, and I take, you know, I take a lot of your players. <laughs> you and our buddy Steve have, like, half of my team of, like, my little golden nugget teams. Yep. You got, got them all, so enjoy your nice seasons, and <laughs> I hope I get lucky and beat you in the playoffs. Hoping, hoping is hope, just like you hope USC will beat my uh, Bruins, which they won't. But we won't get into I that I one. I don't have to hope for that. <laughs> see? See? Look at it. <laughs> what do I care about something? I can't even see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep talking. We'll, we'll talk college. We'll talk, we'll talk college football soon enough, my friend. Guaranteed that. Jeremy Miller, thanks so much for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time here, man. And – Dude, let's let's keep on going. Let's follow up again during the playoffs and see where everybody stands at the playoffs because that's going to be an interesting one. All I right, will let's... not be in the sacco. <laughs> Boy, I thought we were calling it the Drades. It, it, I think it, it does we'll, have to be the Drades. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, thanks a lot, Jeremy. And uh, we'll see you in the playoffs, hopefully. You got it, brother. Later. Well, it looks like fantasy football owners are in for a wild ride this week, week 10. Thank you so much, Jeremy Miller, for uh, being on the Xander Effect and giving your take on uh, what uh, should be expected this week. In video game news, uh, Call of Duty has placed a brand new patch, uh, patch 107, on uh, this week's update on Call of Duty, which fixes a lot of uh, the issues with the game. Um, you know, one of which is that the that the Claymore mines that you place down aren't as overpowered as they used to be. And I know about that because I would, you know, while playing the game, I would place a Claymore to make sure nobody would sneak up on me. But then when the enemy would come in, it wouldn't only kill the enemy, it would kill me as well. I was like, that's a lot. So um, they fixed those problems along with other ones. But I, I don't know. I mean, I was in the middle of... Uh gameplay uh last night when when the system was was updating and it seemed like it went from bad to worse uh i apparently it, it just it just didn't feel that the, that 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 anything was fixed and uh i don't know i think there's still a lot of issues that need to be dealt with as far as uh call of duty is concerned activision needs to really fix a lot of problems there was there was issues where uh the game would crash it would actually stop completely and when it stops completely it uh not only took you to the main menu but it would also shut off 
the Xbox completely. It would just shut it off. So that's an issue that uh, that Activision needs to really watch out for. Uh, it could be, I mean, this is just my own theory, that possibilities are that because this game is cross-play uh, capable, in other words, you can play with PC gamers and with PlayStation gamers, um, that could be what's causing these issues because maybe the platforms aren't compatible with each other. I don't know. That could be one of the problems. Again, it's just my own theory. Who knows what? Who knows what it is? But hopefully, this new patch uh, has fixed the issue. In other video gaming news, China is planning to enforce a gaming curfew for for minors. Yes, you heard that correctly. China is going to go ahead and uh, be uh, uh, nanny to a lot of uh, uh, a lot of minors from the ages of uh, well, from the ages of eight to seventeen, and uh, the it's it's for quote the physical and mental health of minors uh it's a three-part plan uh, that allows minors only 90 minutes of gaming per day during the week doubling on weekends and public holidays no online gaming between 10 p.m and 8 a.m and money spent in online games is capped at 200 yuan which is roughly 28 us dollars per month for ages 8 to 17 and and 400 yuan, uh, that's roughly 57 US dollars, for ages 16 to 18. So they're going to be cracking down on a lot of them. A lot of gamers won't be able to play uh, with uh, with people from across the world. So well, sucks for you guys in China. I don't know what to tell you on that one. That's all the news in case you haven't heard it from the Xander Effect. I leave you now with uh, Chef Sean's brand new music video featuring Saya called No Name. We'll see you next time. She let me hit nine on nine. I hit that she down the side. I split now and down my line. I should've never be the same. She said she love me now. It's looking like I'm powder. Used to say she quite impressed. I guess that's just how she was brought up. Is she like Prada? She like Gucci? She like Fendi? She run my bag. She popping tags. She hit my stash until it's empty. Now we pull up dripping. Why she tripping? Talking about some hoes. I ain't got to mention, but I got the shit she needs to ease the club. Girls, girls. Girls, girls, the ones with big butts, big hair, and big curls. The type throw it back and love to smash girls. The type that likes sex with me with two girls, but I still slang me. Like I sell though, it is still one thing that I don't know what her name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is, I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Ain't nobody else's business That's the reason you don't know my name I don't even come around your block I don't hang around no ops That's the reason they don't know my name should I reintroduce myself? No cap, not trying to juice myself. Run around streets with you, not trying to lose myself. Run around streets with heat, not trying to shoot myself. Run around strap with pole, not trying to hurt nobody. Pull up real smooth with dope, just trying to work the body. Find a real chick, she cool, she turn up to the party. Find a real chick, she smooth, ain't trying to hurt nobody. She a real chick, she smooth, ain't trying to hurt nobody. Girls, girls. Girls, girls, 
The ones with big butts, big hair, and big curls. The type to throw it back and love to smash girls. The type that like sex with me with two girls. But I still slang B. Like I sell dope. But it's still one thing that I don't know what her name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Business. That's the reason you don't know my name I don't even come around your block I don't hang around no ops That's the reason they don't know my name When she keep it low I ain't with the drama I don't want no problems And I know you got them When she keep it low, low, low I'm just trying to fuck Tell me that's enough I don't need no love from But I still slang B Like I sell dope It is still one thing That I don't know What her name is I'm still trying to figure What her name is Name is I'm still trying to figure What her name is You to tell all your business Ain't nobody else's business That's the reason you don't know my name I don't even come around your block I don't hang around no ops That's the reason they don't know my name Where she keep it low If you like that episode or want to watch any of my other episodes, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram.